right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights, the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of investment banking. My name is Alex Mason and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hope you're having an incredible day. And yes, we have just finished going through a whole new set of accounting questions, some more advanced accounting questions over the last, I would say, 15 or so episodes. And I hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed going through those concepts. Honestly, for me, accounting was has probably been the biggest hurdle for me technically from when I started studying this stuff because I just I'd never taken an accounting course before. Like I didn't know any of this stuff. So Thanks to that, plus uh, actually I am taking an accounting course now, which has helped solidify some of these concepts. It's been super valuable, but now we're going to be moving on to a different topic and we're going through these technical topics similar to how we did when we first started, when we were going over just the basics. Now we're going through some more advanced concepts within each of these different domains. So we wrapped up accounting now today we're going to move on to enterprise and equity value with just a couple of episodes related to some unique concepts here and today's question is this what is wrong with the enterprise value equation what is wrong with the enterprise value equation now remember the enterprise value equation we covered this way 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 back in episode 34 if you've been following since the beginning. And yes, this is one of those like very basic level questions that you just have to know, which is enterprise value equals your equity value plus your debt plus your preferred stock plus your non-controlling interest minus cash. Simple enough, right? Equity value plus debt plus preferred stock plus non-controlling interest minus cash. And this is all well and good, and it may work for many situations because, of course, it kind of makes sense. You've got your equity. That's what the stockholders own as part of the corporation. Your debt, that's what the, the creditors, the debt holders own. Preferred stock is also another form of ownership. Non-controlling interest is kind of a niche thing. And then you subtract out the cash because during a transaction, if you were to sell this company, then that cash is is kind of like a rebate on the purchase price per se. So that's why you subtract out the cash. It all makes sense. We explained this and we went through this. But the thing is, this equation doesn't capture the full picture for many companies when we really look at all the details. And the thing is, here's some other variables that you might consider in real life. First of all, you might consider your net operating losses, your NOLs. Now we talked about this concept a few episodes ago. This can get added back into the formula like cash does. So think about net operating losses. I mean, that's going to affect the value, right? You can carry that over from year to year. And so if a company has NOLs, then you can add that into your enterprise value formula. Um, Technically, you're subtracting it, but we'll get to that in a second. Another thing you can look at with enterprise value that we haven't previously touched on is other long-term or equity investments. I mean, companies make investments in companies all the time. 
maybe they're non-controlling interests, but maybe they are controlling interests in companies that we haven't necessarily accounted for in the other variables that, that we've already covered in the equation. So these are assets that the company has a stake in, and they should be added into the formula just like cash. So they should be subtracted out as well. And then we can also consider another concept we've been talking about recently in the advanced accounting section of the show, which is leases. Leases. Even though leases are technically not debt, they do have interest payments just like debt, at least finance leases do. And so because these are, in a way, capitalized expenses, they can be treated as if they are debt, they show up on the liability side of the balance sheet. We can't forget about that. So these can be added into the formula just like debt is. Remember, we add in debt to the enterprise value equation. So we can add in leases, add in our finance leases. And then there's one more thing that we might consider to kind of round out this expanded enterprise value equation, which is unfunded pension obligations. Now, this is a very niche topic, and we haven't really talked about this, but these are more rare these days as a lot of companies, at least in the United States, have moved away from pensions. But there are still many companies with pensions on the books. And because of this, not all these pensions are funded. For example, I mean, I won't get too deep into it right now, But essentially, pensions were created many years ago. They're guaranteed payments to employees of the company once they retire. And in order to make those payments, there were certain assumptions based on the rate of return that a company could earn on the investments in its pension funds. Well, guess what happened? Uh, (laughs) The Great Recession happened. There's been some crazy stock market moves over the last 20 or so years. And therefore, those rate of return assumptions may not necessarily have held true, which means that many of these pensions are underfunded relative to the obligations that they have promised to their employees, to their workforce. So because you have these situations with underfunded pensions, that is an obligation. That's a liability on the company's balance sheet. So we can kind of count this in the enterprise value similar to debt. So we can add that back into the formula just like we would for debt. So that's another kind of niche thing. Now, if we add all these things back together and we kind of consider a more expanded version of the enterprise value formula, it might look something like this. This is what I call the super duper enterprise value formula. (laughs) Enterprise value would equal your equity value plus your debt plus your preferred stock plus your non-controlling interests, and now we're gonna start subtracting things, minus your cash, minus your net operating leases, or not net operating leases, but uh, net operating losses, rather, (laughs) minus your investments, plus your finance leases, and plus your unfunded pension obligations. Now, I'm going to go over that one more time because I stumbled my words just a little bit. So enterprise value equals equity value plus debt plus preferred stock plus non-controlling interest minus cash minus net operating losses 
minus investments, plus finance leases, and plus unfunded pension obligations. So we could take all of these little things into account in order to come up with maybe a more accurate picture of what this overall enterprise value is. Now, in a general sense, we can use the shorter formula because it does capture kind of the, the meat of everything. But sometimes companies have really big unfunded pension obligations, for instance, and we need to account for that. Sometimes they really have a lot of leases on the books. So there are these other aspects to a company's capital structure and their makeup that we should consider. And so that is what is quote unquote wrong with the enterprise value equation is that it's really incomplete when you look at company situations in reality. And now that we understand the basics pretty well, we can then expand our definition to include all of these other items. So just something to think about when we're thinking about the definition of what enterprise value really is. Okay, that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for learning with me as we continue on learning these concepts. And I'm so grateful for you. I'll see you on the next one. Take care.